As far as the world is aware, the guild is led by the Magister. They are, in turn, led by the Minerva Council. Counselors ensure that the Magister remains informed about any matters relevant to the guild's interests. Unbeknownst to the rest of the world, including most members of the guild, the Minerva Council is the true power behind the organization. Welcome to Soul Story. My name is Falcon, and I'll be playing Wheezy White. I'm Mariam, playing Aurora Aurora. I'm Mike Lane, and I'll be playing Neil Yolini. And I'm your lady of podcasting, Alex. But today, you can call me Fate Master. July morning. The sun has risen. You have been awake for a while. The camera, however, as it pans over your abode, it's going to first see your well-manicured lawn. You don't have an abundance of flowers. It's tasteful. Like, there might be a hedge with some blooms going. There's not, like, a big pond. There's some houses in this neighborhood, which is just the neighborhood of Malifaux itself, that seem to be a bit gaudy as far as the flora goes because honestly there's a lot of interesting plants around here that you can't get on Earthside. Your house though, fairly plain, fairly straightforward. Even the building itself. White. Nothing to really write home about. It's once you get inside that you start seeing some real character and any comer by would probably assume it's not because of whoever built the property but because of the person inside of the property. This also looks like what someone thinks rich people should live. Like, it has that kind of eclecticness to it. There's a lot of gold features. There's a lot of trophies from travels. What are some things that Neil would put in his house? Oh, um, obviously I have to have an antique globe. Obviously. Just clearly. And a crystal decanter, because who doesn't? As the camera continues to pan through this large home, it's not a mansion, but it's not like a small two-bedroom house either. This is a comfortable place to live. We will find you playing an instrument. What do you spend your morning playing? What are you practicing? So, I didn't want to do guitar, but it's like, I don't know, just how I imagine it. I mean, it doesn't have to be a guitar, but like a guitar, a stringed instrument. I could be guitar. I... Not my character. I know it just makes sense to me. I don't know why. It's just it's, it's stereotypical, and I hate doing stereotypical. But but why does it make sense? What what about this? What what memories as you're strumming this guitar are brought to your brain? Well, I I think first um, Neil does have a little bit of dexterity, so it just I don't know. It makes sense to me that he would want to work with his hands. 
Um, also, it's just... It's that kind of thing that you would do in a tavern or something like that. It is his family, his mother and father were in the circus. The great Yelinis, the tightrope walkers, and acrobatics. So, he obviously wants to be paid attention to. And guitar is just one of those instruments where you get the attention. How long have you been playing guitar? Um, so he's picked it up a few years ago when he was a little bit younger, because obviously his parents would encourage that sort of thing. So I'm thinking since he was 12. I know it's a pretty important question too, as I'm like thinking and focusing really hard on his guitar. What does Neil look like? So it depends, but I saved a picture. <gasps> you did? Ah! Fairly tall, um, slightly above average height, decent build. Long arms, usually wears overcoats and things of that nature. Uh, a nice shirt underneath, um, belted trousers, boots of some sort. Does like gloves, because, you know, gloves. A couple of bobby pins stuck on the cuff. Um, he also has this kind of, you know, Italian, European kind of mutt mix. Slightly darker hair shoulder length um just that slick back look little bit of the the little mustache facial hair going not much just enough to kind of like define those features i mean you could tell he's been in some fights though so he's a little rough around the edges but for the most part the facial hair kind of balances it out the elegantly rugged yes i feel like i have a good image of deal now as he plucks away. I guess he's not wearing his gloves while he's playing guitar. No. But he keeps them in a pocket with his handkerchiefs. As you go about, you know, just, just... It's not like your entire plan for the entire morning is to sit there playing. But it's a nice way to wake up. Relaxing, gets the brain going. When your personal assistant walks into the room. This is Percival. He is on loan to you. As a... One of the perks of your job. You work for Lord Rupert as his, kind of his gopher, help fix the problems that arise, and as thanks, you have gotten a house, you've gotten a car, and you have a personal assistant. Percival is less than charming. Tall, gawky, skinny, pointed features, always kind of has his nose in the air. He's not necessarily your number one fan, but he's always professional. And he arrives with a platter of food. French toast, some eggs, orange juice. It's a nice, it's a nice, for, in, in theory, prototypical for you. You get fed nice in this house. And on the other hand, he has a, like a journal or a notebook. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Percival. So good to see you. How are you today? I'm here, Andy. Stands a little taller, straightens out his little butler jacket. Are you ready to hear what you have for the day? Absolutely. Trade gone. He opens up the journal, flips about halfway through. Just keeping tabs of almost your calendar, if you will. Let's see. You have a visit with Charlie Cherrywood. You said that you were going to go into work today. It looks as if you requested me to remind you to finish the invitations for the event you're planning. And 
you were to finish your day with a book club. However, I have also received word, and within the journal, he pulls out an envelope and extends it to you. It is sealed, wax, and the imprint on it is a wilting rose. Did I get double booked? Double booked is, well, I don't think it was intended, but it seems as if the council seeks your attention this evening. Well, those are sometimes fun. I wouldn't know. Have you eaten yet today, Percival? Yes, sir. I had my meal prior to making yours. Oh, okay. Well, you know, if you ever need anything, let me know. What's mine is yours, friend. Takes a deep breath and a slow exhale. I don't believe that's the way it works, although I appreciate your hospitality. Is there anything else you have need of this morning? Um, well, quickly look at the invitation. Gonna need a ride later. Um, if you could bring the car around, and I'll let him know the time. He makes a note of it in the journal. Since you have a visit with Mr. Cherrywood as is, I was planning to bring the car around this morning, here in the next half hour or so, I believe, and he looks you up and down. You seem to be already ready for the day's work, so unless you'd like me to prolong, we can visit him later in the afternoon if you like. Um, no, you know, we, we can go now. Eat your food, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did get you something, though, and I hand him a wrap package. He is very confused, but he takes it. I didn't get you anything. That's, well, you got me breakfast. We'll call it even. Okay, sir. And he starts to un unwrap it. What is inside the package? It is an embroidered napkin with his initials and cufflinks. Napkin or handkerchief? I Yeah, I was thinking handkerchief. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I would definitely carry around an embroidered napkin, too, but I wanted to make sure. <laughs> you never know when he might need it. Essentially, that's what a handkerchief is anyways, right? Yes. He, like, looks between the gifts and you and the gifts. I, I don't know what I did to deserve such niceties, but thank, thank you, sir. Percival, I always appreciate the help. I know I'm not your typical kind of clientele, but I do appreciate it. I thought you might like that. I I do. Thank you, sir. I'll um I'll go try these on. <laughs> he gives like a forced laugh, like not really quite sure what else to say in this moment. Clearly not someone who's accustomed to this kind of exchange. But he leads you to your breakfast as he does indeed go try and adjust the cufflinks and preen himself in the mirror off scene. Breakfast is wonderful. Delightful. Is there anything you'd like to do before visiting your friend? Yes. Okay. Um, I do have certain colored flowers out in the yard, and so I would like to go and pick a couple of different colors. Okay. Do you, do you have colors in mind? Well, it's July, so I'm trying to think, like, what's July? Summer, that's usually when you have the, the really colorful things, right? If they're not dead, yeah. Like the, the yeah. big yellows. Well, manicured lawn, so I'm thinking alive. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> Just wilted plants. <laughs> Green yard, dead plants. Yeah, okay. So I wasn't sure there was something that you had in particular. No, nothing. Just, just, it's of course not a thing that normal people would do, but it's what Neil does. Neil's a treat. Because, you know, he's, he's going to be like a florist. What? I have flowers. So is he making his own bouquet right now? 
Yes. Oh, look at that. How friendly. I'm sure your friend Charlie Wood will appreciate that as Charlie is ill-fortuned to say the best. Just if something bad has happened, it has happened to this poor man. However, that does mean he is a wonderful source of gossip. Not because he necessarily knows anything, but boy, is it kind of fun to talk about Charlie. You have heard that Charlie's experienced a new wave of misfortune. Therefore, you had made time to go see and check on your friend, but also to see what the latest chapter is. Percival pulls the car around, and it is a nice car. It has four seats in it. It's... I actually imagine it being the car from Extraordinary League of... Extraordinary League... League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. There it is. It's like this huge stretch car, and it's white, but I think that's still just not quite... It's just a little too early for that. But it does at least have four seats. It has a collapsible roof, so it's basically convertible. And it is quite, quite fashionable. Percival's in the seat, has little goggles on, jumps out to let you in, and carries on. He's wearing the cufflinks and has the of course. handkerchief tucked in the front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a- Looking good, P. <laughs> P- please call me Percival, sir. Sorry. The ride, short, merry, jaunt, carry on to Cherrywood's home. His home is... Far more grand than yours. I think there's an element of your home being almost military housing. It just... Uh, you have made it your own, but if you hadn't, it would be a very boring place to look at. This is clearly someone who's bought the house, designed the house, has decorated the house, has a lot of money. It's just that he is some son of someone who's rich and he's never had to work a day in his life. And he likes it over here in Malifo. For some reason. Apparently it's easier than being Earthside. Who knows? But, unfortunately, your friend has recently broken his leg, so he's unable to greet you at the door. Instead, his butler does so. With a nod and opens, not really speaking too much to you. Besides to say, oh, he's, he's in the sun room, sir. Oh, here, can I swing by the kitchen and grab a vase and some water for these? And I hold up the bouquet. Oh, I can do that for you, sir. No problem. I prefer to do it myself. You're very busy. Okay. Well, then, uh, the kitchen, he kind of points a direction for you, which is pretty near the sunroom, honestly. But just give the passing warning. It's a little busy as we're cleaning up from breakfast. Try not to get in anyone's way. Of course, of course. They have a beautiful crystal vase for you. It is just the right size for the bouquet that you brought. Carrying on, you see your friend again, just this sickly gauntness to him. Like, it's a miracle he's lived this long. Does not look healthy. Has never looked healthy a day in his life. As he's looking longingly out the window into the yard, which was set up for croquet. But unfortunately, he will not be playing today. Charlie, you seen anything good out there? Huh? Huh? He flinches, not expecting the noise. Oh, Neil, it's so good to see you. I'd, um, and he kind of waves to his person. Take a seat, please. Yes, and look, I've got you some get well flowers. Oh, how, how thoughtful of you. And he takes the vase and he sticks his head in it, takes a big sniff, only to start sneezing. And he kind of like brushes away at his face. He's like, oh, well, I... I should have known better, but thank you. These are beautiful. I'm sure they'll make a great... And he looks at a place to put them and just puts them on the small little bistro table that he's sitting at. 
Perfect. It's like they belong there. So, uh, the leg. What happened? <sighs> You're not going to believe it. Well, Elizabeth came around, and you know how I fancy her so. And it's just, we were... We decided to go for a walk. And we considered going maybe down closer towards the swamp, just for some, like, you know, a water view. Um, we didn't get to make it that far, though. I, um... I tripped. I tripped over a child. A child? A child. I, uh, fell on the child. Uh, the child's fine, but, um... And he waves vaguely to his broken leg. I could have landed better. Anyways, uh, Elizabeth hasn't called. Uh, I've heard that she's wandering around town with Henry now. Well, that is very unfortunate. It's not nearly as unfortunate as the fact that someone keep coming into my home and stealing my soulstone collection. You know me, I keep a modest collection, nothing too grand, and yet, here I go, once a week. Despite it being in a safe, despite it being locked in my room, and he seemed to be just like a little too many details, someone else has probably heard this story. It's not surprising that his stuff has been stolen, if he's this open about where to find his stuff. I just, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who could possibly want that many soul stones, he says, naively. Charlie, uh, clearly a man of your means. Don't you have a secondary safe that most people don't know about? Try switching the contents. You might be surprised at what goes missing. Oh, well, I hadn't thought of that. Have a see. Let's see, if I had a second safe, I'd probably keep it in the living room. Behind the large painting. And he starts to mumble. Now remember, you want to leave one in an obvious place with only a small amount of valuables. Because if anybody's going to do anything, they're going to go for that first, and then they're going to get out of Dodge. How do you know so much? Have you been robbed a lot? No. <laughs> remember, I told you, I do a book club now. I've been reading all sorts of books. Oh, yes, of course, of course. I, I, I would attend, naturally. I just have something else going on. Oh, yeah, no worries about it. Is it going well? Well, so far, um... I almost, almost didn't, uh... Didn't, didn't get to do it today. Uh, something else came up almost right afterwards, so... Uh, really cutting it close. Well, what, what came up? Oh, just another meeting that I have to attend. You know how the lords are. Uh, just always busy. I see. Lord Rupert does tend to keep you busy. Is it worth the effort? Oh yeah, I think so. It's, uh... It's good to have work. You know? It's just something about it. It's gratifying. I mean... I haven't worked a day in my life, so I'll have to take your word for it. Although... Well, but you have hobbies. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And he kind of looks out the window to croquet and sighs wistfully. As we continue on, there are some other small misfortunes that have happened. He mentions how the guild is sniffing around, as if to believe that he's been embezzling money from his father's estate. There are things like his dog has gone missing. And actually, at the long you sit there, a little fat bumblebee appears out of one of those flowers. And when Charlie tries to swat it away, it gets stung. Just... 
This guy can't catch a break. Thankfully, he's not allergic. Somehow. Well, um, unless, again, there's something else you wanted to accomplish here, I'll just go ahead and transition us to something, something that Percival should have mentioned that I forgot to mention, was that you also have lunch with your mentor. So it would be a natural movement to go from hanging out with Charlie to going to go have lunch with your mentor, Lord Rupert. You know that you meet at your usual place. It is called Parasol. It is a secret French restaurant in the Starlight Theater. Fuck, that's what it's called, I think. And <laughs> in, in the burlesque theater at, in town. And it's during the afternoon, so they're not doing shows, but still a nice, lovely, quiet atmosphere. You go, and it's... It only seats maybe five or six tables at any given time. And you know Lord Rupert takes the same spot every time. It's a corner table so that way he can see the whole room. And perhaps the best part of Parasol is that it is always cool in here. Not too cold, not too warm. But there is a nice breeze that they manage to maintain through some sorcery to make sure that no one is uncomfortable. He is already enjoying an appetizer of salad, and Lord Rupert is a rather portly fellow, and his suits fit just a little too tight. He has a kind of patchy, patchy mutton chop thing going on. His hair is brushed over the top to hide a bald spot. Not very convincing. And he always has these pretty ruddy cheeks. Uh, a friendly enough fellow. Just, um, you know, takes up space. And he's, but he's enjoying a salad at the moment, a Caesar salad. I knock softly on a table nearby. Good afternoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, 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 Cornelius, please join me. And he waves you frantically. <laughs> Just like, oh yeah, don't, don't loiter. Sit down. And he snaps his fingers a few times. And Garçon, a waiter comes by. Um, uh, what, what would you like to drink? Um, you know, uh, some water with cucumber would be really nice right now. Of course, sir. And the gentleman hands you a small lunch menu and disappears to go take your order. Or get your drink order, right? Glad you could join me. Um, did you hear we have a meeting tonight? Yes, I did receive that this morning. I really think that we should try to make more of an effort to convince the council that we need common folk around. Not in the council. No, 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 no. That we, we, we really need their trust in these times. What with the Arcanists running around destroying things. Yes, I definitely see the wisdom in that. Problem with it is, I, um, I don't, I don't know what common folk like. Do you have any ideas how we could go about this? Well, the idiom is bread and circuses, but, uh, I do know that they enjoy a good beer or two as well. Well, I don't think the Rose would host such an event. And at this point, waiter comes back, delivers water. What do you want for lunch? What sounds yummy? What sounds good? Mmm. See, he's eating a Caesar. What's an appetizer? Am I getting an appetizer or just going into the entree? Up to you. Okay. All right. You know, fancy place. It's going to have, like, those little finger sandwiches. It's going to have, like, different cuts sure. of cheeses, different cuts of meats. Nice little charcuterie? Yeah. Uh, you know, tapas. <laughs> Fucking love tapas. Uh, okay, yeah, no, 100%. Uh, so you're not going for a heavy lunch, just going to order the appetizer and enjoy a light, a light snack? He'll return at some point in this conversation you are about to have with, you know, I, I, I call them goblin dicks, whatever those little small pickles are. 
Oh. And, um, I know exactly you know, what you're dicks. talking about. <laughs> uh, and, and some nice, like, blue cheese, velvety, but a little funky, like, but not too funky. And crisp little slices of baguettes. Oh, it's a good, it's a, it's a choice little meat cheese charcuterie deliciousness happening right there in front of you. That comes at some point. I mean, I don't... Food, right? He, on the other hand, orders a giant steak with a whole helping of potatoes. Somehow he got the dinner menu. Somehow. Lords, am I right? He turned it around. <laughs> Flipped it over. Oh, look at that. Huh. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> but so, as you mentioned, this, he's like, all right, um, so, let's see. Do you have connections with the Thor? Or well, how are we thinking we can give them this beer? We do have that lawn uh, down the street a ways from the Rose. We could set up a tent. Um, everything can be delivered on site, so that way it can be taken down. People won't stay around because, you know, nobody likes people sticking around afterwards. But uh should be easy, clean, and uh, we, you know, we could employ a few people to clean up afterwards. That would actually probably go over very well. He reaches over, like, mid-bite of his food, right? To kind of pat your hand, and it lingers maybe just a second longer than comfortable. You are so smart. I'm glad I have you here for to, to help me out. I'm glad to be of service. Do you? Need anything else? Or the, is the housing okay? Percival, all of it. Oh, I cannot complain. You've been more than generous. I love where I live. I love where I work. I love what I do. No, I'm I'm perfectly taken care of. Good lad, good lad. He kind of pats it again, gives your hand a squeeze, and then returns to eating some food. While you have his attention, is there anything you care to ask him about? Do I address him? How do I address him? That's, I was like, thinking about that. I'm like, oh, God. Rupee. Pert. Rupee. Our dog. Um, Roops. <laughs> I imagine you guys are casual um, when not in front of other Like, this would be an appropriate time to maybe call him Rupert as a friend. But if you were ever in a council or in a place with, like, with real people, full title would be anticipated. Rupert, uh, you know... I've just been curious. What what are we doing to help stop the Arcanists? The chewing of his food slows down a little bit as he debates whether or not to share that information with you. Our work is to be passing laws to help prevent them from hurting more people. The guild's responsibility is to track down these criminals, to arrest them, and to eliminate a threat. The best thing that we can do, make sure we're passing laws that protect people. So restoring order is basically the gist, right? Yeah, restoring order. Yeah, sure. All right. Okay. Thank you. I just... I see these plans, these machinations, and I just sometimes wonder. I... You know, so many people, brighter people working on it than me. I just like to know what's going on. Oh, don't give yourself enough credit. And 
That seems to be like kind of where he wants to cut the conversation. Not necessarily comfortable talking more about the topic with you. Let's see here. It is afternoon, and you did say you'd at least stop by into work, right? Which, I mean, luckily you're already talking to your boss, so... Were you, you were kind of working, kind of. Yeah. But, 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 um, you at least said you'd stop into the office. Your office is in the Guild Enclave, which is, you know, northern end of town, I believe. And it is a collection of buildings. There are, there's the courthouse, which, which is where you work. There's also like the guild hall, which is more like a precinct for the guild officials themselves and various other court law buildings. It's not like a giant compound by any means, but it does take up a portion of a block. Your office is in the second floor. Currently, currently, Lord Rupert doesn't have any tasks for you. So a lot of it is kind of shuffling through old paperwork, dotting some I's, crossing some T's. What are jobs that you typically do for Rupert, though? Um, I imagine that it's the things that aren't public-facing. Or, in a way, that are public-facing. I take care of the odds and ends and make sure the paperwork matches what should really happen. Alright. Are you the fall guy? If something goes wrong, are you the one that gets blamed for things? Uh, not exactly like a cleanup clue. Eh, if I can speak. <laughs> not exactly like a, cre- a cleanup crew, but more or less just making sure that anything that would be less than flattering to Lord Rupert uh, gets taken care of. All right. A noble profession. A calling for Neil, I'm sure. Because you, what, belonged to a circus at one point? Have seen some seen some things? Done some things? Well, you know, people who aren't particularly uh, good with the circus skills do other things. And unfortunately, uh, folks that travel around entertaining people get a reputation of sorts for all sorts of crime and villainy but uh it's not necessarily them but they're really bored kids how how did you get this job like how'd you go from being a circus kid to being this fixer for lord rupert neil wasn't always um in a good position with society And uh, Lord Rupert had employed another fixer that uh, was trying to fix Neil. But as it turned out, Neil fixed it to where he got the uh, other guy's job. A life of experience has built him for this moment, for this one job. For now. We'll see where life takes Neil, right? Exactly. He plays it a bit differently. He's trying to clean up his act. Alright. As you are kind of really putting the finishing touches on some of this last some of this latest paperwork Percival shows up which isn't necessarily uncommon he is your personal assistant he knows where you're going to be he tries to be around when he can right and still wearing the very dashing handkerchief and the cufflinks his previously somewhat mirthful mood has faded as he approaches with a set of uh, invitations it's the invitations for your event I'm so sorry, sir. They sent us navy blue instead of midnight blue. 
and he places the the pile of invitations in front of you. Mm, what is it they say in the Navy? Any port in a storm, right? He blinks a few times. He, it just doesn't seem to quite get your humor. You know, any, any... Oh, uh, no worries. Uh, do you want me to send them back? Are you good with these? We, uh, I will roll with this. If you say so, sir. And he kind of starts to at least pile them neatly back up. What event are you planning on hosting in the future? We're planning the book club for this evening, but Neil is trying to get into, like, social graces with every... You know, he's trying to rub elbows. He's trying to grease palms if need be. He's just trying to get on the scene and be able to interface with people as needed just because his job usually entails dealing with a lot of other people. The more he's known, the easier it is for him. Not, not like anything with like a dance involved. Just a nice gathering. No, just yeah. It's it's like the book club equivalent of uh, <laughs> club without a book. <laughs> Fair enough. Is this going to be at your home? Where's it going to be? Like, where, where do you want to host this event? That's a good question. So uh, the reason he brought up the gardens near down the street is because that's where he was already planning on hosting this and he had already set up some things along that nature how about we say hypothetically this this event should maybe happen in like a month just yeah. plenty of people time to rsvp allows for some time to pass something for your dm to mess with later yeah, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. The last thing that these invitations require is your signature. Would you like to sign it yourself, or do you have Percival sign it for you? I like to sign everything myself. There are quite a few. This is one of the bigger events you're planning on throwing. I mean, it's not like hundreds of people. But, you know, after 30 signatures, your hand cramps a little bit. But still, that's how you end up passing most of your time. Luckily for you, it was an easy work day. And again, you talk to your boss, right? As you look at the time, you realize that your book club is right around the corner. Do you dally? Do you show up early? Yes. Um, there's a few finishing touches that he likes to do. Just because... Um, Things like flowers, things like gifts, if necessary. The little things that he notices people in high stations usually do. Is there like a, a, a party favor bag he puts together? Exactly. Just a little something. I would imagine he's got a bookmark. I like it. I like it. So everybody gets a bookmark, and I don't know. I like the idea of like a pin in it. I don't know why okay. it speaks to me. Oh, a pin like what kind? Like a, a pin, like a like on your jacket, or a pen? Mm-hmm. No, a pin. pin. What's the pen look like? Enamel flat. Um, 
No, um, I would think it has like maybe a key or heart design on the end, and then but it's just you know like a bent piece of metal. Oh, cool. And then just sticks down. I like it. I like that a lot. When you arrive at the Rose Salon, it is fairly early for the Rose to be hosting any events. As I mean, like the the harpist hasn't set up. People haven't come by in their finest attire or anything. It's perfect time for you to sneak in to the upstairs conference room, essentially, to set up those perfect touches. In this private room of the Rose Parlor, it is... I mean, the Rose is inside the Rose Salon. It's, it's a nice place, right? There is this overwhelming motif of floral design in the fabrics, whether it's in the curtains or in the cushions or in the pillows, and it all matches just fine. It usually has a pretty rustic reds and browns and golds to it. There's one of those lounger chairs, there's a few other seats around, there is a nice, you know, spread for your evening book club. And we have Neil leading this book club. What book are you guys reading? Isn't it Around the World in 80 Days? So Around the World in 80 Days, did you read it, Neil? Yes. Yes. Is it your first time reading it? Yes. And why did you decide to bring all these politicians, the, the four that have arrived to this book club. This is just one of Neil's like outreach programs. He's trying to fit into this new life and he sees this as being a step in the right direction. It's what he imagines people like this would do. So he's doing it. Right now uh, it's still pretty early on as far as the book club no one just sits down and really starts talking about books right there's there is a art to it and right now it's still kind of the, the discussion eating a little bit of a little bit of cheese drinking their, their light cocktails and just seem to generally enjoy the atmosphere because really what they came here for was socializing where's my list hang on hang on i have a list the folks that you have there are people that you are well aware of from the Minerva Council. You have Cindy Taylor, who's an up-and-coming lawyer. You have Theodore Turner, who is the chief security officer for Soulstone Transportation over here in Malifaux. And you also have Azad Pandit, who is an assistant to a man who goes by Lucius. He's a big up-and-up, but uh, he fucking hates his job. But, you know, he also knows Lucius has a way of making people disappear. So he keeps it because, hey, it's a living. Is there anyone you want to talk with? Obviously, I'm going to want to speak to the highest ranking person first. Let's see, of the bunch, then that probably would indeed be Theodore Turner. He is a little quiet, kind of keeps to himself, although not unpleasant. So you uh, decided to approach Theodore, who is drinking. Instead of a cocktail, he is drinking a beer. It's a dark beer in a mug. And he gives you a nod, but doesn't seem to necessarily actively engage in conversation. Mr. Turner, what, uh, what are you drinking this evening? Oh, well, he kind of looks at it, takes a sip, as if trying to remember what it was that he ordered. I think it was just a house porter. Nothing to write home about, unfortunately. Their wine here is usually better. Hmm, I see. Not in the mood for wine tonight? Nah, I don't know. Something just spoke to me about this beer. What about you? Well, I do happen to love my wine, and... A nice Bordeaux never goes badly. He kind of smirks, nods. He's like, yeah, um, I prefer red. So 
It is a rat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but you know, I just uh, don't really pay attention to the names or the kinds. Just I, I like it. So I can tell you're a man of good taste. And he kind of adjusts in his suit a little bit, cracks his back. Not like like a huge huge arch, just a little bit of a roll to shoulder, and takes another sip. I appreciate the invite to this book club. Well, I appreciate you coming. I've been really anxious to host one of these, and you know, it's just been such such an experience. It's only been five minutes, Neil. I know, but you know, the setup, it's it's fun. Some people have a knack for it. Eddie takes a moment to look around at the nice setting, and like he recognizes it does take some organization. And it doesn't look like it was made last minute, so he kind of nods. You did good. And we'll say at this point, we have a wonderful bell knock through the door. And by knock, it really is just a push open the door, uninvited. You had previously extended the invitations to the politicians primarily, mostly because, you know, knocking boots with mages isn't uh, a super good pastime. And it seems as if, out of everyone, you would not be surprised that this would be the one person to be fairly indignant about that. She adjusts her half-moon glasses and stands up straight as she peers across the room, not taking a moment to look over her shoulder to see if Aurora's behind her or not. I heard we're having a book club? Yes, I am. Shall I say, surprised to see that you made it, but I'm so happy you came. I imagine so. Oh no, no, I was just... I was... To add to atmosphere, I'm just sort of like visual cue of like, um, hi, I'm just gonna skulk here in the corner. A little shy finger wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when who's this that you brought? Well, kind of quirks her head a little bit. Surprised that you don't know someone else to knew the Minerva Council, but turns to introduce. Uh, this is Aurora Aurora. She is one of us. Uh, hi. Um, Thank you for inviting me to this club. Yeah, I'm so glad you can make it. This politeness seems to fluster her slightly in the sense of, we didn't get an invitation. And like, wondering if maybe it just got lost in the mail. So she's going to take a moment to consider the options. And, and Aurora realizes that, oh, wait, I didn't get an invitation. I basically... Um, crash the party but that was the first thing that came out of my mouth because that's what polite people do it's like almost like a reflex and she heads over and just plops herself in the first available seat and proceeds to very gingerly nibble on food hoping that's enough to kind of like basically wallflower attitude of just like I'm just gonna stay here and let Belle do her thing well under her arm is a copy of Around the World in 80 Days Hers is well-loved. There are bookmarks in it. She would never dare to dog-ear her books. But it definitely seems to have been read a few times over at this point. And she looks around and sees that people are drinking and eating food and her having no patience for small talk. Well then, are we going to discuss this? And there's a small mingling in the crowd of like, oh, we were supposed to read it? And, and, and Azad is at that point kind of waves her over. He's like, come here. We're the only ones that read it. <laughs> Seeing that uh, Aurora is taken to her own by skulking and Neil being a great host, 
as already seeming to to navigate the troubled waters that she does so desperately tried to stir. She kind of gives a huff and rearranges her appearance once more and goes to talk about the book. So, what book were we supposed to read? Oh, um, that is a very good question. I selected the book Around the World in 80 Days. Have you read it before or heard of it? I might have. I've, I've skimmed the, the the little, like, summary in, um, on the inside. The foreword? Yes, that. That. That's that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds really interesting. Um, 80 days. Probably don't get to see much of the world if all you're trying to do is travel. That's not very fun if you're going to go through all the trouble of visiting around the world. Why try to do it in 80 days and not actually see the world? Well, see, that's actually a very good question as well as uh, well, some of us might know. Um, the main character was given a bet. And so in order to collect on the bet, he had to actually make it around the world in 80 days. Oh. So you go through all the stress of traveling and try to do it just to win a bet? But he won more than a bet. He found his wife. He found just a love of life in general. The the journey, the transformation that it was for him. I mean, really, you should read this book. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Especially if he found his wife. Uh, I mean, that must have made his parents very happy. I guess. You know, if if I if I tried to go explore the world, my mom would basically be like, "Why? What are you gonna do? After all, you're just gonna go get married." And it's like, "Yeah, well, that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna get married." And I start going on about marriage and and parents' expectations for a good while until your eyes glaze over. The the rest of the book club goes swimmingly. Is there anything you want to accomplish in this book club? Yes, I wanted to insult Belle. <laughs> Okay. Well, because there was that there was a tension there, and so I have to I have to do it, and I think I have a good in in. As the book club proceeds, I mean, you don't really have a timestamp on this, besides the fact that everyone in this room has a meeting to go to later tonight. That, although that was more of a surprise than really planned, doesn't matter. For the most part, the conversation is starting to dwindle. People are considering leaving, although Belle is still sitting there talking to her newfound friend about this book, seeming to talk in detail about the symbolism of something in Chapter 3. So, uh, Belle, uh, you know, I was just curious, how much time do you have left on that loan? And I gesture towards the book. <laughs> kind of wiggles her glasses, excuse me? Well, it's clearly a library book, right? So I was just wondering where you got the, the loaned book. It's, it's my copy. I own this. This is mine. Oh, well, why does it look so worn? Back stiffens a bit at this as a finger trails across, the, you know, the, the front bang to tuck behind her ear. Well, Mio, if you ever took the time to read anything more than a passing glance, perhaps your own books would look like this. 
Okay. Uh, I actually read the book. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for coming? Next time, I highly suggest you just invite me along. That way, I don't have to make a scene. Well, I apologize. I I believe I did have one sent to the mages. I don't know where it ended up, though. A mystery for the ages. Well, next time, I suppose I will extend a personal invitation to... Which is how it should have been. I'm not sure where the rest of the mages fall, except for waves vaguely at Aurora. <laughs> she came along. The one with the parents, yes. I believe we all have parents. It doesn't distinguish her by far. Yes. I just feel like she has more than the rest of us. Parents? Uh, just more parent issues. I don't think she really has anything to say about that. And kind of turns a shoulder to you, like, are we... We're done, right? I can go back to talking to someone interesting. Thanks. It blew back so bad. <laughs> As it winds down, Sydney leaves first, Theodore shortly thereafter, and almost like it's just in the middle of the conversation, Belle stands up and looks around. Not even so much looking at the both of you. Just up and leaves like as if hearing a whistle hearing a call hearing something stands up grabs her skirts and whisks on out it is a very weird display even for Belle it's kind of hard to put your thumb on as to why anyone would do act like that but I quickly survey the room to see if anyone else could just notice this abrupt departure I sort of am in the middle mid mid chew and I was like I think um, this is my cue to leave. Um, this was a good book club. Okay, thanks, bye. And I follow, but I imagine she's already left, and I come back and I say, So... I guess I will leave now so I can arrive at my next meeting on time. Well, it was nice knowing y'all. Bye. Point of interest, sorry, real quick, point of interest is when you followed her, it was like you were able to see her walk down the hall and just almost evaporate. That figure itself just kind of faded into mist and disappeared. Not quite like a ghost, it just is mages. Teleport sort of a thing. Exactly. Not creepy, just magic. Yeah, and I figured that's what it is, but that puts me in as odd, well, I came with her... And um, I was, she was supposed to get me a ride there. I was supposed to go with her. <laughs> I was just adding exposition for the sake of the audience. Don't mind oh, me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Aurora, right? Yeah. You're part of the council as well. Um, I'm also headed there. Do you want to catch a ride with me? Um, that, that would be lovely. Thank you. Uh, it certainly beats... Uh, walking there not that i might not that i don't mind walking i can certainly walk uh um yeah i mean i have all this food in me it'll probably give me the energy to walk all the way but um i don't know at this time of night and this and that um, you know what sorry yep yeah thank you that would be lovely yeah no problem i just it looked like you the person you arrived with just kind of up and went yeah bill does that a lot if i'm honest she's really scary 
I see the resemblance. Neil, you know that Percival will be there with the car waiting for you to take you to this meeting. So you two are both able to, once the, the book club has officially wrapped up, get scooped into the seat, or get scooped into this car. Where do you guys sit? Does anyone sit in the front? Are you both in the back? I imagine it's a four-seater, because those existed. I would have opened the door for her to the back. I would go wherever the door is open to. Uh, it may be one of my first few rides in a car. So I just follow directions as indicated. And thank Neil and go sit in. And if Neil's following, then I would scooch. I would walk around to the other side after shutting the door. Then I don't scooch. <laughs> I like the scooch that goes back and forth, thinking, oh, wait. Oh, no. Let's scooch back. Okay, I scooch back in the opposite direction then. Well, Aurora, don't think me so posh. This is a uh, perk of the job, not obviously my car. Oh, well, it's a very nice perk. Um, my perk is that I get to have privacy to myself and decorate my house as I will. And I get to have old Bart for company. Isn't that normal? I mean, except for that last bit. Well, old Bart has trouble, so, um, has trouble talking, really, um, although I'm getting to learn his signs, so, you know, we're, we're having our little sign language while we're talking, and I kind of understand most of what he's saying, you know, he doesn't really have a jaw anymore. And then there's Kitty. Kitty, Kitty, sweet. Kitty, Kitty keeps Bart, old Bart calm. Well, that's good. I say nodding confused. In a house that's basically blown up in the center. But I describe it like it's a it's on purpose. It's like a courtyard that's currently being turned into one. I just imagine Neil's thinking like these manicured gardens. She talks about just walking out and being to this courtyard, and I'm just like, wow, that sounds really nice. You know, we should do the book club over there sometime. I don't know, maybe that's an idea. Yeah, that would be good, except it's kind of not... It's out of the city. It's close. Oh, well, I don't want to impose. It was just, you know, it sounds so very nice. No, I'd, I'd love to have visitors. Just, um, I just know people in general maybe have a little issue with um, it being in Resurrectionist territory. That would be a huge red flag for Neil. That means she is living in that means she is living in the quarantine zone, which is not a fun place to be. Not a lot of pretty houses. I mean, it used to be pretty houses, now mostly run down. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, it's it's, it's especially if you want to have it in the evenings, it gets a little harder. Plus old Bart sometimes gets easily spooked. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> well, no, cuz he's a spook. So we're going to fade the conversation there as Aurora continues to share bundles of information with Neil. She lives with an old spy and a cat. This is very strange. Driving into the night, you find yourself delving into the housing neighborhood of Malifaux. There is a particular lack of hills in this area, except for one. 
It happens to be man-made, and although it doesn't tower, it is sufficient in helping the mansion on top of it loom over the other homes. This home doesn't belong to anyone in particular. In fact, no one really inhabits it on the regular, and no one knows who holds the deed. Every now and again you might see people live there, but never for long. It's almost like it serves as a transition house for the wealthy as they wait for the new Malifaux home to be furnished. The lack of inhabitants makes the building the perfect place for the Minerva Council to call home. Unlike the others in the neighborhood, this building displays a neoclassical architecture, almost what you'd expect a Grecian temple to look like. Four white columns stand strong, holding up the small roof above the double-set door. It isn't made entirely of stone, but its angular nature and defined arches make it stand out that much more amongst the Victorian styles surrounding it. Your right ascends the gravel driveway that curves up and back down the yard. Such logistics create the perfect drop-off point for guests and the perfect exit point for traffic. The rocks crunch beneath your feet as you step out on the manicured footpath, leading you to the doors ahead. Trapped will-o'-wisps and opalescent orbs decorate either side of you as you approach, providing a cool contrast to the warm lights along the home's foundation, angled to illuminate the structure. As you look at your wandering peers, you know some people are dressed as if it were a ball. Others are in crisp business attire. It's hard to tell from any given person what event is happening tonight. In fact, the uninformed could assume it was multiple events in one place. You, however, know better. Head held high, you climb the steps to face two uniformed doormen who promptly open the doors for you. It is time to attend the Minerva Council meeting.